The following audio is from The Grove Church. For more information about the church or to listen to previous sermons, visit grove.church. Ah, yeah, you made it. Welcome to service at The Grove Church. We're so happy that you're here. And my name's Andrew. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there with me to Matthew 20. Uh, if you don't own a Bible, there's one in the seat uh, in front of you there that you can use. Um, you can take that with, with you today if you're a guest with us. And, and also, if you are a guest with us today, we want to say welcome to you. We're so happy that you're checking out the Grove Church in the lobby at the hub area as a free gift. Uh, just our way of saying thank you to you for coming. So thank you for being here. If you're a guest with us, uh, we're really excited that you're here today. Well, today we continue our series, Upside Down Kingdom, talking about the kingdom that Jesus taught uh, and brought when he came on the earth and did his ministry. And so today we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 20, first book in the New Testament there. But just for a moment here, I want you to imagine that you are working for a landscaping company. Not that we all love landscaping, but some of us do, some of us don't. But imagine that you're working for a landscaping company. And uh, the, the foreman comes to you and says, hey, I need you to dig this ditch today. It's going to be a 12-hour day, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, you're going to work all day. And at the end of the day, you're going to be given $100 for this job. So, man, $100 cash, that's not bad. You know, 100 bucks for this job. And so you're going to work 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Here's the, here's the ditch. Here's the shovels. Get to work. Start digging. And so you start digging all morning, all day from 6 a.m. At about 9 a.m., some more workers show up, and they start digging the ditch with you as well. So, you know, okay, you know, nice to have some help, you know, not have to do this on my own. And then at about noontime, even more people come to join you to dig this ditch at noon. Then again at 3 p.m., even more workers come to dig the ditch with you and you've been there at 6 a.m. But then finally, to your unbelief, at 5 p.m., one hour before the day's work is over, even another group of people come to dig this ditch with you as well. So it's the end of the day at 6 p.m., and you go to the foreman, and you all line up. And the people who showed up at 5 p.m., they line up first, even though they came last. And the owner gives them one hundred dollars. And then the people at 3 p.m. go up and get their money, and they're also given one hundred dollars. And the people at noon that showed up are also given one hundred dollars. And the people at 9 a.m. that showed up are also given one hundred dollars. And then you, who've been working all day in the heat, you, who have been working for 12 hours straight, you who agreed to being paid $100, you too, to your unbelief, are also given $100. And that is the way the kingdom of God works. It's unfair, it seems wrong, but in Jesus' kingdom, things are upside down. They're different. They run against different sets of rules, different sets of boundaries, and today we look at this story and this meaning of what Jesus says when he says, the last will be first, and the first will be last. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, basically the payment of the day, he 
sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into that vineyard too. And whatever is right, I will give you. So they went, going out again about the sixth hour. And the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, 5 p.m., he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the 11th hour came, each one of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to the last workers as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. Let's pray for God's word today. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. And God, more than anything, we want the Bible, the truth of our lives, to bring about, God, your voice each day. We thank you, God, for the work of Jesus, his cross, and the resurrection. We just pray today that your word would speak for itself. In Jesus' name. Amen. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Or the last will be first and the first last. What is the story all about? And what does this have to do with Jesus' kingdom? Let me give you four things that this story is about. I'm going to give you some practical things to walk away with today as well. Number one, this story is about God's amazing grace. You see, God represents the owner in this story, and you and I are the workers. And this story is about God as the owner and his amazing grace that he offers you and I every single day. This grace that is given to us is the free gift of salvation, that you and I don't deserve the love of God. We can't do anything to earn his love. We can't do anything to earn his salvation for us. But God, in his mercy and his grace, sent his only son for you and for me. Philip Yancey wrote a great book, What's So Amazing About Grace?, and here's how he describes grace. He says, grace means there's nothing I can do to make God love me more, and there's nothing I can do to make God love me less. It means that I, even I, who deserve the opposite, am invited to take place at the table in God's family. See, there's nothing you could do today to make God love you more, and there's nothing you could do to make God love you less. God immeasurably loves you and cares for you. 
And his grace that he offers to us is an undeserved gift. It's something that we cannot earn. We cannot go to church more in order to earn his grace. We cannot do more for his kingdom in order to earn his grace. It is a gift that is given, that is undeserved, that is free, that you and I have to choose to receive. But it is an amazing grace that this owner offers to every single worker. His grace is for every single person. Doesn't matter if you're young or you're old, married or single, his grace is offered to you today. Doesn't matter if you have grown up in church or you're brand new today, his grace is offered to you today. Nothing you can do to earn it, a free gift given to you by God through his son Jesus. And so number one, this story about the laborers in the vineyard is about the grace of God's kingdom and what it offers to us today. It's also a story about who's invited. You see, right before the laborers in the vineyards parable, there's the story of children. And you know how kids can be. They're really silly and goofy. They love candy. Well, I love candy too, but they love candy, and they're just fun. And even in summer weather like this, you know, it's sunscreen and pool and slipping sides and just craziness. And they don't listen, and they're too loud. And they misbehave and they're hard to control and you're always trying to pipe them down and shish them and ah, you know. Kids are just this way. Like one minute you love them, next minute you want to spank them. I mean, it's just horrible, right? And so children, man, they're just crazy and they're innocent and they're just wild and their summer's just nuts. And some of you parents are like, I can't wait till the fall and they get back in school and I have my life back. But children, and it's these crazy, rambunctious, sunburnt kids that Jesus says right before this story, he says these children, the ones that you're trying to refuse and the, the ones that you're trying to pipe down and control and the ones that you, you don't want to pull your hair these children, please don't refuse them to me because belongs the kingdom of heaven to them. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Why do you say that? What does that even mean? It's because they're so innocent and so humble and they're so beautiful and they have this childlike faith. And God is saying, unless we become like a child and humble ourselves and come in an innocent way, recognizing that we need a father to direct our lives, the kingdom of heaven cannot be offered to us, is what God says about children. He says, man, don't refuse kids. Don't refuse them to me. To them belongs the kingdom of heaven. Right after that, it's another story of this rich man. Comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you need to follow the law. You need to follow the code. You need to obey your father and, and, and your mother and honor them. You need to not commit adultery. You need to not steal or lie or cheat or not commit murder. And he says, oh, Jesus, I've done all these things. I've done all these things. And Jesus says, okay, well, there's one thing you still need to do. You need to sell all your possessions, everything you own. Sell them, get rid of them, and come and follow me. The Bible says that this rich man walks away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Jesus goes on to say that it'll be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It'll be hard for them to do that because the possessions are getting in the way. And now the laborers in the vineyard. 
But man, the owner's reminding us, man, that everybody is invited. Man, the rich man is invited. The children are invited. The young, the old, the married, the unmarried, the widow, the, they're all invited to God's kingdom. Every single person is invited. It's also a story about the forgotten and the brokenhearted. You see, it says here in verse 7, or excuse me, verse 6, at about the 11th hour, 5 p.m., one hour before the shift is over, he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. You see, these 5 p.m. workers, the ones that are standing in the marketplace idle, they represent people that are forgotten, that are brokenhearted. They represent a group of people in our world today that nobody cares about, that nobody wants, that nobody wants to invite to the table, that nobody wants to invite to the workplace, that nobody wants them around. They represent the people that nobody cares for, broken and hurting, forgotten and lost. They represent people that you and I sometimes see in our world and go, man, I don't know about that person. I really don't want to talk to that person. And here's the owner, God, in the marketplace at the last minute of the 11th hour, and he finds people who everybody has forgotten about, everybody doesn't care for, everyone isn't moved with compassion, and it's Jesus in his amazing grace that's saying, you too are invited to come and work and be a part of my vineyard. Because in Jesus' kingdom, the have-nots have. In Jesus' kingdom, the forgotten are remembered. In Jesus' kingdom, the brokenhearted are healed. And in Jesus' kingdom, the down and out become jewels. This is the kingdom that Jesus came for. That people who are lost and broken and hurting and forgotten and left to the side and aren't invited to the party, it is God in his infinite grace and mercy who comes and says, no, you are invited. You are not forgotten. See, some of us in here today, for whatever reason, feel this way. We feel forgotten. We feel brokenhearted. There's things that happen in our lives that cause these type of feelings to come about. And Jesus would say to you today, I'm coming for you. I am coming for you. Because you are invited to my family. You are invited to my table of food. You are invited to dig the ditch. You are invited to be a part of the family of God. I have not forgotten you. I'm right here and I'm coming for you. See, it's also a story, final thought here about this parable. It's also a, a story about where God is. And God is in the marketplace. You see, it's easy sometimes for us to look at the gospel and go, man, the gospel is for the poor. The gospel is for the hurting. The gospel is for the person who's been forgotten or is brokenhearted. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for the poor and the hurting. The gospel of Jesus Christ and his amazing grace is for every type of person. Whether they're affluent and are well off and have lots of means, they have a nice home and a nice family and a good life, the gospel is also for them. Because the gospel does not just relate to a poor, broken person, the gospel also relates to the intellectual, 
to the person who's creative, to the person who thinks, man, their whole life is all put together. The gospel is also for them. But even further, where is God? You see, God in his infinite grace and mercy through his son Jesus is not just in our churches. God through the work of Jesus is not just in our homes. God is not just with our family, but it's God in his amazing grace is in the marketplace. He's at your work, and he's at your school. He's at your kids' school. He's at every apartment complex in every neighborhood. He's at every workplace. You know why? Because wherever you are, there also is the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you do, there also is God working through you. See, God is in your cubicle as you talk to that person who doesn't know Jesus. God is in that hospital room as you're helping as a nurse or a doctor. God is everywhere at all times because you are there, and he wants to use you in the marketplace. And he continues to go back to the marketplace looking for workers, looking for people. He's trying to get their attention. He wants them to be invited. The labor is in the vineyard. Well, what does it mean for you and I today? Let me give you a few things practically here and then I'll pray for you today. Number one, you and I need to show grace. Our world needs grace. Your job needs grace. Your family needs grace. Your children need grace. Your spouse needs grace. And grace in our world today, man, grace is patience. Grace is kindness. Grace is loving. Grace is accepting people where they're at, whatever they're facing. Grace is a genuine love for others. Grace is recognizing that you are no better than any other person. And the things and the awesome things that God has blessed you with are meant for his glory and his purposes. Gordon MacDonald says it like this, the world can do almost anything as well as, as or better than the church. You need not be a Christian to build houses feed the hungry, or heal the sick. There's only one thing the world cannot do. It cannot offer grace, this free gift, this hope, this excitement, this love, this joy. And I'm here to tell you today, the church needs to be a place, God's people needs to be a place where there is grace. You can come broken, beat up, and forgotten and you'll be received with grace. Or you can come affluent, wealthy, everything going well, and you still can receive grace. Jesus and his kingdom levels the playing field. We all need grace, and we all need to be instruments of his grace. Number two, we need to welcome the late arrivals. You see, Jesus' kingdom says, the first will be last, and the last will be first. And this is really what that phrase actually means. And here's what it is. We want, and our prayer is that everybody would come to the 945 service. That's what we want. We want everybody in our family to know and love Jesus. That's what we want. 
We want our children to meet awesome other children. And then when they're teenagers, to meet an awesome guy or a gal. And then to get married and have awesome kids. And then for our grandkids and our great-grandkids to love and serve Jesus. And we want everybody to serve in God's church. And we want everybody to come to faith in Christ. And we want everybody to know the message of hope that Christ offers us. But Jesus is reminding us through this story that there's just going to be people that show up late to the party. And here's what it means for us. It doesn't matter if you've been serving Jesus your whole entire life and someone comes at the very end and serves and gives their life to Christ, you and I are no more special than that person. You and I are no more better than that person. But then you go, what about the rewards? Like the Bible says there'll be rewards. There'll be rewards for serving him and look at what I've done and there'll be rewards in heaven. Here's the reward. The reward was the same for every worker. And here's the reward. The reward is eternal life with Jesus Christ. That is your reward, my friend. So if you're coming to Christ today for the first time, man, praise God for you. But if you've been serving Jesus for decades, praise God for you. But the reward should be enough for us. And that reward is that eternal life with him. Jesus is saying the last will be first, meaning they could come in at the very end and be the last ones, and they will be first in his kingdom. I mean, for me, I'm like, man, I want the eternal life reward to be enough. I mean, if I could have one other thing, it'd be a spicy Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> and waffle, just spicy chicken every day in heaven. Just waffle fries, natural lemonade. Other than that, though, eternal life. Eternal life. You gotta welcome the late arrivals. And this messes with us a little bit. It does. Because we wanna we wanna jump on the bandwagon of, man, I've done, I've served, I've been, I love, I've been fault. And then here's the thing: sometimes our attitude towards those late arrivals, right? Like, about time you showed up, you know? Nick of time, huh? Finally. I mean, you know how long we've been praying for you? You know? <laughs> Oh, we, we know what you've done, you know? And it's just that attitude that says, hey, I don't want people coming late to the party. I want everyone to come on my time and my terms. If we're honest, that's how we feel today. I want everyone to come when I said for them to come. Jesus is reminding you today, there's gonna be come that, come that come out of the gate, 6 a.m., there's going to be come, some that come a few hours later, 9 a.m. There's going to be come, some that come halfway through the day, 12 p.m. Others, 3 p.m. But there will be people, my friends, who come very, very, very late to salvation. And Jesus says, there's room for you. There is room for you. You got a blaze of a past that others are embarrassed of, there's room for you. You've had multiple divorces and children out of wedlock. There's room for you. You've been addicted to pornography and addictions that have ruined your family. There's room for you. There's hope for you. Because God is not a respecter of persons and God is not a respecter of your past. That's why there's room for you in the vineyard. There's room for you at the table. And if you came late to Christ, awesome. If you came early, awesome. We're all getting the same reward, life with him. That's it. The first shall be last. 
and the last shall be first. N.T. Wright sums up God's grace about this passage in a really amazing way. Let me read you this paragraph. God's grace, in short, is not the sort of thing you can bargain with or try to store up. It isn't the sort of thing that one person can have a lot of and someone else only a little. The point of this story, the laborers in the vineyard, is that what people get from having served God and his kingdom is not actually a wage at all. It's not strictly a reward for work done. God doesn't make contracts with us as if we could bargain or negotiate a better deal. He makes covenants in which he promises us everything and asks of us everything in return. When he keeps his promises, he's not rewarding us for effort, but doing what comes naturally to his overflowing, generous nature. You know the worker that showed up at 6 a.m.? You and I digging all day. You know what our attitude was? Let me read you our attitude. But he replied to one of them and he said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give the last worker as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose what belongs to me? Here's what his attitude was. Or do you begrudge my generosity? Man, this, this passage of scripture is a, is a real deep heart check for me. It's a heart check. Man, do I begrudge the generous gift of salvation? Am I sour at the fact that God looks at me, someone who's loved and served him most of my life, he looks at me the same as someone who comes to him way down the line? Do I begrudge that? Here's a deeper question. Is there room in our church for these type of individuals and families? Is there room at your table for these type of people? Because I'm here to tell you today that that is the people that God is going after and continues to pursue. Because as much as he loves you, he already has you. He wants to go after those that don't love him yet. And that needs to be our prayer. God, thank you for eternal life. And give me a heart of passion for those who have not yet come to you. Let me pray for you today. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. And God, more than anything, would you just change our hearts? Would you remind us today, God, that no matter what, grace is offered to us today. God, no matter what we're facing today, no matter what we've done, no matter what our life looks like in this moment, Lord, we thank you today that grace is offered to us, a free gift. And Lord, would you just check our hearts right now, here in this moment? Lord, do we begrudge your generosity? Are we envious of your grace? Would you change our hearts today? And Lord, would we be excited for the latecomers? The ones that blaze in late. The ones that got a lot of stuff behind them. 
Would we welcome them to your vineyard? Would we welcome them to your church? Would we welcome them into our homes and into our hearts, God? Change my heart, God. Thank you for grace and eternal life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook or sign up for our e-newsletter at grove.church.